Welcome back to the Tecmo Bros Fantasy Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Andy. We're a fantasy football podcast by fantasy football fans. Week 10. Week 10's happening. But we're going to talk about busts today. Draft busts. What do you do with them? And booms. Who's been the biggest performers of the season so far? Uh, kind of a, a yin and yang to, to both sides of the football here. Let's talk about it. So where do you want to start here, the positive or the negative? I mean, you kind of have to start with the positives, right? I mean, who have you drafted this year? I mean, we're going to kind of skip the normal preview, and we're going to go over who's been giving you just some trouble. You know, what expectations did you have that haven't panned out? I mean, but I want to start with the good. Like, the good people you have, obviously, if you top of the draft order in a snake draft, typically, Christian McCaffrey. Has be been just, a stud. Has Absolute. been. As and I don't, see, I don't see any signs of that slowing down either. I mean, he's he's the whole team. I mean, he's that's... the offense, and and when he's on, when he's doing his thing, the offense is clicking. Yeah, and it's fantastic. I mean, other players are doing at least something on that team, but Christian McCaffrey is is just a stud. It's just crazy. Michael Thomas, unbelievable. Can't cover Mike. Can't it's cover Mike. Just. We kind of knew that, but if I told you that Drew Brees was going to miss four weeks, would you have still drafted Michael Thomas? I would have been. He probably would have been lower in my rankings, but yeah. <laughs> and yet here he is, still at the top of everybody's list, at the top of the fantasy football list. The guy has been electric. Great pickup. Great, absolute, unbelievable. Absolutely, and you know, for all intents and purposes, I mean, Tyreek Hill injury aside, while he might come into the bus category later. When he's on the field, he's scoring a tremendous amount of points. Yeah, you know, and, and that's something I kind of uh, personally just kind of felt was going to happen. But again, he's also playing currently without Patrick Mahomes. And that's the crazy part. I mean, he's you know done two great games with Matt Moore throwing the ball, and that's that says something about his talent. And speaking of uh, awkward quarterback situations, both receivers out of Tampa Bay, uh, Godwin and Evans, are, I mean, they're kind of carrying your team this year. I mean, for... For what you know, I I had uh, Mike Evans here slightly on my bust list because, you know, while he's been productive and he's had two amazing games, he's also had two completely stinker games, and that's you know, you don't draft Mike Evans to be a boomer bust. You draft him to be a consistent threat in your lineup. True, but I feel like a lot of that, or most of that anyway, has to do with you know, it's Tampa Bay. They were a bad team last year. They were going into this year with very low expectations. Brand new co- uh, coach in the system. Uh, I look at that as you kind of had to understand that Mike Evans might not be Mike Evans. Uh, well, especially with to, all the hubbub about Goddard, or not Goddard, Godwin. What a day. You know, you have all this news about him preseason that he's going to be the guy in Tampa, and, and they're sticking to that. They're, they're throwing the ball a lot more. Well, it, it's just nice to see that, you know, when, when things started to fall into place there, uh, now we're seeing a Tampa Bay team who's scoring a lot of points uh fantasy wise especially and both receivers are benefiting greatly from that i don't think you can really be disappointed i mean if you drafted mike evans early those first couple of weeks were rough but at this point you gotta look be looking at especially if you traded low for him you gotta be looking at that going wow this is a pretty good situation to be in in midseason yeah and and you know obviously on the quarterback standpoint you draft russell wilson to be russell wilson and that guy's just been a points machine for you you know he's had his ups and downs over the years for fantasy production and whether he's been you know 
uh, top tier, kind of mediocre. The team last year ran the ball so much, and here we are this year. All of a sudden, they just want to throw every down. And picking up Josh Gordon, that could be a huge addition to an already stout passing attack. Well, it's going to definitely fill out the depth on that team to make sure that if anybody does get hurt, they have a next man up situation. Uh, best part about that entire that entire team, though, uh, is just the success they're having moving the ball. Uh, a lot of these other pass-heavy teams are meeting up against defenses that are kind of shutting them down. Seattle really hasn't had that much. If you have Tyler Lockett, I mean, he's been a consistent producer so yeah. far. And, you know, just a quick rapid fire before we get into the bus, because that's going to be where the real conversation starts. You know, people you drafted high that you're happy are, are doing what you expected them to do. Uh, Travis Kelsey, obviously Dalvin Cook has been just lights out crazy good. Um, and just to touch base on the uh, – Tampa situation in a full point PPR Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are receivers two and five respectively that's that is just bonkers I mean other things you draft I mean with the news of Melvin Gordon you people drafted Austin Eckler he's not currently RB4 in a full point PPR he's consistently staying up there too the use of him has been consistent which is is impressive yeah and just you know the Packer running game you expected Aaron Jones to be a beast and Aaron Jones has been just that they have been freeing Aaron Jones, that's for sure. That's good to see. Uh, the the New Orleans running back situation. Now, while Elvin Kamara did miss a little bit of time, if you were smart and you had his handcuff uh, in Latavius Murray, you got to watch as the backup produced like he was the starter. Uh, so the New Orleans running back system is working marvelously. Yeah, and just other names that you're going to see drafted high, but that we're not going to talk about here too much. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, currently wide receiver six. And, uh, Not terrible. Could be better. Could be. I mean, you drafted him to be wide receiver one, but there's time left in the season. He's on bye this week. Uh, Zeke, we are going to talk about him here and, of course, uh, in the bus category. Uh, he's currently running back six in a full point PPR. Um, but we're going to talk about why we're a little bit disappointed, which is a good transition to why are we disappointed in Zeke? One guy I want to touch on quick before we get into to the busts is uh, another guy who, uh, if I told you, hey, Andy, uh, who's the best quarterback in fantasy right now? You probably would say, mm, I don't know, maybe Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson would be my second guess. Maybe Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson has been a absolute godsend. Anybody who, who drafted him, especially if you got a chance to get him late after everybody started picking their, their quarterbacks early, their big namestays, uh, Lamar Jackson has been a, a beast for for fantasy players this year. And I just wanted to, to quick touch on that and just be like, hey, best running back for Baltimore is still their quarterback, Lamar still Jackson. Still Lamar Jackson. Uh, and he puts up points like it's his job. Which is good to see. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson went for a relatively high amount of money in our auction league. Well, he went in the uh, he went in the first round, the uh, the, the locked round. So, uh, yeah, he, so well, he, was, he, he, he still had to pay a good amount of money. Yeah, for well, for, for a quarterback anyway. I mean... <laughs> I mean, the fact that I got Matt Ryan for a buck, I mean, say what you want about the Falcons' success, but Matt Ryan's been a fantasy producer this year. You know, I got him for a whole dollar in a $200 budget. I mean, Lamar Jackson went for double digits. Right, but still, I, I would I would still take Lamar Jackson for the value that he's given at this point. Oh, I w- I'm not saying that I wouldn't. I'm saying that I would as well. I just, you know, <laughs> the consistency, of course. But you know, usually we're not paying that much for, for quarterbacks in our auction. I guess the, the question that it really begs is what defines a bust? Uh, we were talking about Zeke a moment ago. Uh, Zeke, while he is running back six right now, and he has, when he, you know, being out there, first of all, we didn't know if he was going to hold out or not. Uh, and thankfully, he ended his holdout. So a lot of people right there were like, okay, he's not going to bust out because he's not going to miss time. And 
what I don't think anybody predicted was Jerry Jones' organization, the wonderful, fun Cowboys team, just not wanting to run the ball at all. I mean, they're they're also taking like a, a slight, you know, eighty twenty timeshare approach with Pollard. They're giving him a lot of carries. Uh, for paying Zeke, how much they paid him? I mean, you'd think they want to run him till he can't run no more. I mean, uh, it, it'd be as if in this free agent uh, offseason, uh, Anthony Rendon gets this crazy three hundred million dollar contract and then is in a platoon. Like it, <laughs> it wouldn't make a lot of sense. I mean, so just some some numbers again. We're just the last time I'll reiterate this. It's a full point PPR format for scoring that we're going by. Um, he's had two twenty five plus point weeks, and the rest has been either. Uh, right at 20 or under 17. So when you're, especially in a full, in a, in a, for a running back that is involved in the passing game, like Zeke is, you would expect him to be putting up no less than 20 points per week, especially with getting a full point for every catch. So less than 20, I feel like you're drafting him top five to, to be a 20-point week every week. Less than 20 uh, in a full-point PPR, I would assume he's not breaking 100 yards rushing. Or if he is, he's barely doing that. So maybe eleven right. points off of you know one hundred and ten yards, uh, and then what? What is that like six six catches? No, not even. That's four catches for forty yards. He's only had two weeks 18, where he's 19? he's had three weeks where he's been over five catches. The rest has been under two or under. Uh, and heck, yesterday's game against the Giants on Monday, he wasn't involved in the passing game at all. So I, I've seen this before, and and Dallas is still winning games, so it's hard to argue from from a football standpoint. Uh, but I've seen it last year. Uh, I remember, you know, watching the news of them saying they've got to get Zeke more involved. They've got to get their playmakers to the football. I understand they have Amari Cooper. I understand that the passing game is working. Uh, what bothers me about that is if I'm a Dallas fan, the clock control, the game control, they really, really relied heavily on their defense and good teams. I mean, Let's see them go up against a, a San Francisco or a, a New England or a, a Green Bay and see if they can stop uh, offenses from just kind of taking over if they're not willing to right. use Zeke in that ground-and-pound style game. And furthermore, uh, they used to run, and this is where Zeke tended to get most of his, his catches last season, was in halfback screens. And he could take a halfback screen and take it 20 to 40 yards. And just not seeing that anymore. I mean, they, clearly they either have confidence in Dak to throw the ball to. Obviously, they have Cooper, Witten, and Gallup. But you know, Zeke is going to be one of your your better weapons and playmakers. You want to get the ball in his hands. One can't help but feel like they're trying to justify overpaying Dak a ton of money by making him look really good this season. But that's speculation. Um, I know another guy who maybe is doing great, maybe isn't doing so great. Uh, we've got. Julio Jones. We're jumping into the receivers. Julio Jones. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of uh, flopping over to to another guy who, again, he's been who he is. You know, we know that he has trouble in the end zone. That's just the Falcons don't seem to use him as a red zone threat. Uh, but for for a team who, for a while there, you know, Matt Ryan, like you said, was was putting up fantasy points. Where are they going to? Austin Hooper. Not really Julio. <laughs> That's the thing. That's where they're going, apparently. Uh, and just for frame reference, again, score-wise, he's had a couple great weeks, you know, a couple 25-plus point weeks. Uh, but he's also had two weeks where he's been sub-10 points, which is just, you know, again, you're drafting him as a, as a top-five receiver to be a consistent threat in your lineup. And we're aware at Tecmo Bros that sometimes you have a bad game. Sometimes defenses scheme to take away, you know, certain weapons, but, like, 
Julio should be putting up at least 10 points against Tennessee. Yes, there are times when defenses scheme to take away weapons, but taking away Julio is is like trying to to disarm a tank with your hands. It's just not going to work. Right, it's not effective. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you might hold him to less than what he could have done, but it, it almost makes him play better because he wants to prove that he can still beat triple coverage. Uh, despite that, and and... Again, you're you're kind of a resident Falcons guy here. Is that more on Julio? Is that more on Matt Ryan? Or is that on just the fact that the Falcons are one and seven? I mean, I think it's part of just the offensive play calling. For some reason, just uh, with the last couple offensive coordinators, they just don't seem to. You know, you want to feed Julio because Julio's just got the best hands on the field. But you know, part of it could be that. Uh, you know, just the offensive line isn't as good as it should it's be. It's kind of baffling, isn't it? It is. I mean, there's no good explanation for it. I mean, Matt Ryan didn't have a ton of time, which is why Hooper has been that underneath, you know, successful target. Uh, Calvin really has suffered tremendously because the offensive line can't give Matt Ryan time. And I think part of that's also Julio Jones. He's, you, he needs more time to be effective. I mean, in the past, Matt Ryan always, always was a check down quarterback. Uh, he's never had the greatest of feet. And so uh, guys like Devonta Freeman kind of made their their namesake and their and their contract off of being in the flat, being open, and being able to kind of beat guys in the open field in the secondary. Uh, so this year being Austin Hooper has benefited tremendously from that. Uh, but one would think that if you're able to consistently move the ball, get first downs, uh, there, there's something missing here. And I think it comes back to uh, the same thing kind of with the, the Cowboys, but in a different way. The Cowboys are having success throwing the football, the Falcons also are struggling in the running game. Devonta Freeman's doing okay from a fantasy perspective. But in the passing game, that's where Devonta's getting all of his. Uh, you have to establish play action. Uh, the best teams do that. You, you, you but get you your also body have, have an O-line to give some time to establish the play action. Well, it, it, it's, all, it's all interconnected, but at, at the same time, you have to be able to run the ball. Running the ball puts the defense on their heels a little bit to, to not just blitz, 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 and... Uh, that's what I'm seeing a lot out of a lot of these bust categories of uh, teams who just can't run the football or their defense is so poor that they're not getting an opportunity to maintain a running game because they're already down by multiple scores. Right. So, I mean, obviously, from a fantasy perspective, you're still playing Julio because he's you know prone to go off for for big games every, every so often. Um, it's just you're, you have to temper expectations. You might not get 20 points from you. You know, you might get 12, 15 Maybe uh, and and be be ready for less if potential. Yep. And um, speaking of another receiver who's just been tremendously a huge letdown, I want to jump from Julio to what should have been another top five receiver, OBJ. Yeah, so that's that's equally as frustrating. From a uh, if you're a fan of the NFL, you had to be excited for the Browns this offseason. They have all this talent. They got a, a new head coach. They got a great they quarterback. Had Moxie. They they were ready to turn from a, an 0-16 organization to a winning organization and whoops yeah it's not looking it's not looking good that's for sure so a lot of that and and again we were we were asking with the falcons like who who's the primary issue here and i i think that the primary issue for the browns is gotta be baker mayfield i mean it ultimately comes down to who's throwing him the ball because while Julio's had a couple bad weeks, um, and the Falcons are still again producing massive fantasy points, uh, the same cannot be said for the Browns. The only Brown that you even feel confident playing is is Nick Chubb. That's it. I mean, OBJ. Let's put it this way: uh, wide receiver twenty five on the year, which is not where you drafted him. You drafted him first or second round, even um, one week over twenty points. 
And this is a That's healthy it. OBJ as well. Like yeah. one, you could understand if you know he had his his ankle problems or, or what have you. No, this is a healthy OBJ. He's been on the field every game for the full game. And what are we seeing? We're well, we're seeing a, a Baker Mayfield who's just completely ineffective. The play calling is not elusive enough. They're they're not doing enough uh, in, to to kind of keep defenses off balance. Because if I'm a defense going into face Baker Mayfield, I'm going okay. Well. I just got to just kind of spook this kid and he's going to throw a pick. Yeah. And that's, it's not good. I mean, looking at a lot of, of his stats here, if I were to tell you that going into week 10, OBJ would have one receiving score. Would, would that have been even a viable thought at the beginning of the season? I would have been like, okay, well who on the Browns is producing then? Cause I expected the Browns to be a good team. Right. And when you'd say, well, kind of really nobody, well, at that point, yeah, I have I the think question: What's their record? I don't have this. I don't have Baker's stats in front of me, but I believe he's thrown less than three scores for the year. Baker, I know, was leading the NFL uh, for a minute there in interceptions. He might still pretty be sure he the still NFL, is. Yeah, NFL in interceptions. It's not been good for the Browns. If you're somebody who who drafted Browns early, uh, if you decided to to go with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback this year, you got to be looking at that whole situation as kind of a bust. Um, yeah, currently he's uh, seven scores to twelve interceptions. Uh, for for the sake of of just football fandom, uh, one one has to hope that the Browns can figure it out and kind of turn it around for the second half of the season here, because uh, they do have a shot to beat anybody in their division. Say, I mean, they they beat the Ravens, like which is just astounding after what the Ravens did the to the Patriots. So just it's. You see talent, you see it not being used properly. It's just kind of baffling. And with that being said about talent not being used properly, I want to jump to Lev Bell on the Jets. I was actually going to bring that up a, a moment ago about teams who, who are struggling to run the ball due to not being able to stay in the game. And honestly, both teams from the Meadowlands are, are suffering the same kind, of, same kind of issue, same kind yeah. of situation. The Jets are terrible, first and foremost, so... Uh, the Le'Veon Bell, who is the focal point of that team, the focal point of that offense, yeah. uh, or at least was anyway, should be. Honestly. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you heard the news; they are doing an MRI on his knee. I did, and they also they signed somebody off of their practice squad. Uh, in they say it's uh, so no one else could sign him, but I think it's a, a case of he might be uh, limited or just in a timeshare. But they have Ty Montgomery, so you got to wonder why they want another back. It, just depth, I suppose. Ty Montgomery's never been the most durable guy himself. Uh, but the Jets just, again, another... Sam Darnold was supposed to be kind of the answer. Well, I've he heard misses, of sophomore slumps, but man, this is uh, this is something. Well, it's, it's insane because he misses time due to having mono, which kind of was a little bit laughable. Like, if you're going to miss time for, for something, getting the, the kissing disease is embarrassing. I blame Adam Gase. He, ha, 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 It's a little too friendly with his, his, his team there. Uh, so, Darnold comes back. The, the entire Jets organization, I mean, Lev Bell was in the news, uh, in the media, for, for kind of saying on his social medias about how, hey, you guys are going to see how good we are when 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 it all comes together. Right. And it, it came together. And apparently, they lost to Miami. Apparently, the Jets are haunted. I guess. Yeah, but <laughs> you got some ghosts. Got some ghosts some flying ghost around. I mean, I know we just came through Halloween here, but come on, man! 
Darnold is looking embarrassingly bad. The The Jets themselves are looking bad. Le'Veon Bell's now injured, so it's not going to get any better for him anytime soon. And let's let's put it this way. you know, As a Lev Bell owner myself, it's disheartening to see only one game with over with 20 or more carries. Like, he's touched the ball. Obviously, he's in the passing game to an extent, but, man, This is a guy who, when he, was in, when he was in Seattle, not Seattle, um, when he was in Pittsburgh, the Steelers, I always say Seattle instead of Steelers. I don't know why that is. Um, when he was with the Steelers, he was getting multiple double-digit touches in both the passing and the running game. I mean, he's, you know, back in Pittsburgh, he was carrying for 22, or 22 carries with, like, eight targets. If there was a, a chalkboard, and on the top it said red zone plans, Underneath that, number one would be Le'Veon Bell. There would be no number two. Right. That was their that was their plan in the red zone. Uh, have have the Jets gotten to the red zone this season? Uh, um, they they seem to be utilizing their uh, tight ends a lot more. Like Ryan Griffin in Herndon's absence has been apparently fantasy relevant. But his his handful of of touches and especially his his scores have come from barely in the red zone they're they're not getting close to the goal line and I look at you know teams who have strong touchdown performances from running backs get to the goal line and can run the goal line formations right uh looking at at New Orleans with Alvin Kamara or Latavius Murray that's kind of you know they're gonna score when they get into that situation. That's yeah, or Taysom Hill. They're they're in well, which is frustrating to watch. Well, but uh, so no, Le'Veon Bell absolutely has been a bust. Uh, it's it's frustrating because there was so much talk about is he going to be game ready after taking his time he, off. He came in, team, in great shape. He looked like he was team. super motivated. Um, and I feel like this is kind of vindicating the people who said he was going to be bad when it's really not been on him. I, I agree it's not been on him. I mean, the play calling's been bad. Darnold has been has, has regressed tremendously under Gase. And the receivers and for... The defense, wh- for, for Gang Green, who was supposed... like Their their history has been on their defense. They've always stockpiled their defense uh, and to, given to compete. Points, and they've just been bad. Uh, on the flip side of that, you have a team who was rebuilding in the New York football Giants, Uh you know, brand new quarterback, rookie quarterback, taking over for Eli Manning, looking like a stud on the field when he isn't playing the Patriots. Uh, you've got Saquon, who Saquon goes down with an injury that they were expecting him to miss somewhere between four and eight weeks, and he's back in two, three-ish. Yeah, he missed. Well, <laughs> you're, I'm, I'm sure he's ready for the New England game, but I'm not sure you want to play him against New England. I don't know that I count that one as a game. That yeah. was that was uh, almost a forfeit. Uh, no, he comes back in record time. And honestly, it felt like a John Cena moment. Just like power. Just one of those situations where, where he pops through the wall and is like, I'm here. And you're like, awesome, he's back. Is he really been back, though? Has, you know, has I don't Saquon know. really been back? Um, has Saquon even been Saquon much at all this year? He's been... <sighs> So consensus, this man was picked number one in in most in, I mean, you gotta figure. I mean, in our auction league, he went for the most amount of money. And before anybody says anything on on Twitter here, this is why I'm I'm kind of dogging on the situation with Saquon. When you go first overall, injuries happen. That sucks. Whatever. But when you go first overall, uh, you got to put up points. And he's not been putting up for yeah, several two points. 20 plus point weeks. Otherwise, again, full point PPR: 18, 17, 15, and then seven. Um, and that that seven is what is when he got hurt. Yeah, that's that's when he got hurt. Don't get me wrong, but 
he wasn't exactly doing great up until that point. I, you don't draft a guy number one overall to get you 15. You don't. Not in a full point PPR. Not yeah. at a guy who's who's again another focal point of the offense. Uh, and and Danny Dimes has been doing well in the passing game. He himself is a, a mobile quarterback. But for a, a team with a mobile quarterback, and this is what kind of baffles my mind here. Um, Lamar Jackson is a better running back than Mark Ingram. I agree with you completely. So so in situations, read option type situations, it's almost smarter for Lamar Jackson to take the ball. And the flip side, Daniel Jones, if he was running a read option with Saquon Barkley, you wouldn't want him to tuck it and keep it and run. You'd want him to hand it off because Saquon Barkley's just better. And it's not been been turning out that way. I feel yeah, like it's... I think at halftime during yesterday's game against the Cowboys, I want to say Daniel Jones had more rushing yards than Saquon at halftime. And... And that just that makes me uncomfortable. That's why I feel like he belongs in the bust category. Uh, that's just all these guys that we're talking about negatively, all these guys who, who were disappointed in uh, besides injury. And injuries suck, too. Injuries, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a zero. It's a guaranteed zero. Yeah. Uh, but in, in his absence, there was one week where his uh, backup, um, who's named Gallman, managed to actually have a really, really good game. And it's like, dude. Where is Saquon? How is his backup doing this? And Saquon is he's having a tough time, right? Uh, so that's just where I'm a little bit down on the quads right so now. Yeah, he's in a, again rank wise, he's number 17 on the year. Granted, he got hurt for those three weeks, but um, I mean, with Love Bell being 15 and Saquon being 17, I mean, you're you're spending a lot of valuable draft capital on guys who aren't even cracking the top 10, which is frustrating. <laughs> Speaking of uh, spending a lot of draft capital on guys who aren't cracking the top 10. We've just been talking about some bad teams uh, with top players. Let's talk about a good team with top players, three top players, none of whom have really been performing like top players. We're going to go over to L.A. and talk about the Rams. Uh, who pick, do you, pick a player. Who do you even who do you want, want to tackle first? first? Yeah. Uh, apparently any of them because none of them are, are really getting the ball Well, enough. let's talk about Gurley first. Um, just because I feel like we can then we can talk about the receivers after we're done talking about uh, for for Gurley. So the trouble with Todd Gurley, we didn't know the condition of his knee coming in, and that shouldn't have been an issue. But the fact is, with with Todd Gurley, he fell in drafts uh, on on draft boards because of his questionable knee situation. But mostly, he was still going in round two. He was still. Uh, I would have. I would contend he went in a lot of round ones. Uh, especially late in round, if you were if you were you know picks ten through fourteen in any right. any league size, and Todd Gurley falls to you, you look at that draft board and you go, well, I don't want the guy who just drafted Saquon Barkley to get Todd Gurley, so I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to draft him here, and you know what? If he turns out to be half the man he was last season, he'll still be really good. Uh, and well. You, when you say that, sometimes careful what you wish for. Cause yeah, I mean, he has been half the man with under half the carries. He wants to get half the knees. Um, just looking at his scores totals, he's currently RB twenty five on the year. He did miss one game in San Francisco, which randomly. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do there? But one week over twenty, and that's essentially where you know he had his big game against Tampa. Like he's got scores. He's he's finding the end zone, but man. When you're 63 yards and one score, 
and the the other thing too, if you if you drafted Todd Gurley, you you knew his situation. You probably drafted one or or both of his handcuffs potentially, or at least picked one of them off of waivers just to see who would be the guy. But they've not been doing that great. And they either. haven't done any, the running game has just been negative there. And in the passing game, I know you're a big fan of the pass catchers from from uh, the LA Rams. I did. I, I Cooks has been hurt now. Well, Cooks has another concussion, so who knows how long he's going to be out, but. So I drafted Robert Woods. I thought he was going to have a huge year. Again, I He's like been a, Mr. Consistent. I like a good consistent floor, but man, like I ended up trading Robert Woods because I could not deal with the swings for you know eighteen points, two points. Like that's just a that's, huge. That's the swing. definition of boom or bust, and yeah. not for a guy who again we thought was going to be Mr. Consistent. Let's put it this way: so Robert Woods is currently uh, wide receiver thirty on the year, um, but he's got four. I'm sorry, five weeks of sub 10 points. So there was a, you know, he has zero receiving touchdowns this year. Um, he's got one rushing touchdown. That's not why you drafted the guy. Like I drafted him in, I believe it was round three, because I, you know, full point PPR, you want a guy like Robert Woods who's going to catch six passes, probably for a score, but he's not even getting that many targets this year. Speaking of targets, uh, t- just trying to keep things moving along a little bit, uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, finally looks like he, he may have figured out or squashed the beef he had with Carson Wentz. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, without Foles, with Wentz back at the helm, are we going to see the same production? And we haven't. Uh, the team's been very different. Um, but after two consistent weeks here now of, of some decent Ertz value, I think it's safe to say that he may be on the upswing. If you traded for him low, uh, you're going to potentially see some good value, hopefully see some good value, because Zach Ertz is a monster um, last on, on the list here, we just wanted to cover some guys who have, uh, had some injuries. Uh, unfortunately, when you, when you have a multiple week missing situation, uh, you're going to end up in the bus category, uh, unless you've put up, you know, a hundred points when you've been on the field, you're going to end up as a bust. Uh, the likes of Devonte Adams fall in there and his, uh, horrible, horrible case of what did he tear an ACL? I believe he, uh, had turf toe. Turf toe. Which is which is another way, you know, on the street you say he tore his ACL because he was gone for five weeks. Yeah, that's a that's a. Hey, what are you in for? Uh, shot a guy. What are you in for? Turf toe. Turf toe. Uh, uh David Johnson. Uh, uh again, you kind of had to expect it a little bit with him, to be honest, with his injury history. But I mean, come on, man. The team was was starting to to fire on all cylinders, and just when they needed him most, he disappeared. Um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, obviously, Kenyon Drake gets a huge upgrade because of the injury, but. I mean, uh, the the Twitter for, for the Cardinals trolling everybody, you should have started Chase Edmonds. Really? Jerks. And, it, well, that's what – they got They got their comeuppance there. They angered the fantasy football gods. And then um, they took they took him away. Uh, then there's Joe Mixon who um, – yeah, he's missed a little bit of time, but honestly, <laughs> again, would you even recognize it? I mean, are you even watching Bengals games? I, I Not many people are. They're just – they're not good. And, and again – Pre-draft, we were talking about him as you know the best player on bad teams are still worth owning, and you know he's RB thirty-six. Uh, I want to say there was a week where he had just one rushing yard and then like seven receiving yards, but he scored. So you know that's his best week of the year. It, it's it sucks. Like, yeah, uh, it also really sucks for Patrick Mahomes owners. Hope you're hoping that he can get back onto the field sooner rather than later. Um, but it, it, it's been a couple of weeks, but the, the main thing is if you drafted Patrick Mahomes, you probably had to draft him earlier than most everybody else drafted their quarterback, and he was probably one of your biggest point producers, so not having him really sucks. Uh, I don't know that I'd put him in the bust category just yet because he's still Patrick Mahomes, 
Uh, but that's got to suck, you know, honorable mentions that way. Uh, really quick, uh, Andy, uh, kind of a shorter episode today, guys. Uh, we're just trying to keep things moving a little bit, get into the next week, uh, kind of on a more positive note. Uh, Andy, who's been your biggest bust and your most surprising boom? Oh, my biggest bust of the year, um, at least when it comes to my expectations of that person. Um, I have a tie. It's going to be uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, in, in a PPR format, I want him to be a lot more than he currently is. Also, for me, um, I'm throwing up there as Travis Kelsey. Now, I know we we put him in the kind of boom. He is still tight end three. But when you're drafting him as you know your first pick of the second round in a snake draft, you know I'm expecting more than 10 points per week from the guy. And that's with Mahomes throwing him the ball. He's been actually more effective with uh, more throwing him the ball, which is which it's hard to hard to want to think about. Uh, my biggest surprise, Austin Hooper. I was high on him earlier this uh, before the draft happened. I mean, you felt like he was going to be a thing, but like you were like you opened the can, yeah. you're like. Oh, I got two. In, in a tight end required league, I drafted Austin Hooper. I was expecting a, a good amount of volume. He was going to be a passable, probably top 15 guy. And here I have the number one tight end on the year. Hey, sometimes you hit the button on it's, the betting machine and two just sodas crazy. pop out. Yeah, it's, 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 you never know. Same question back to you, my friend. I would say that uh, originally my biggest boom uh, once he came back from his injury was going to be Tevin Coleman. After watching that, that multiple touchdown week and just seeing him light it up, that was during Zeke's bye. And I was like, oh, man. If I can get that kind of production from my flex running back, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. And then the very next week, I deploy him. He goes out there. Yes, he had two touchdowns called back on penalties. That sucks. But 4.6 points otherwise, the hot hand approach from Kyle Shanahan, what are you doing? I immediately said, nope, you are no longer my boom. My biggest boom of the year so far has been Kenny Galladay. The guy is electric. Uh, I mean, come on. It's Matthew Stafford. He's going to find his favorite receiver and throw him at all the balls. But uh, I didn't expect him to be as consistent of a producer as he has been. Uh, Kenny Galladay has definitely like cemented himself in my lineup and uh, much needed because earlier in the year when we, when we flip-flopped receivers and you gave me OBJ – uh, I was expecting him to be my number one, and he's been nothing. Yeah, so. like we'll, we'll put this poll on Twitter. Uh, we made a trade earlier this year where he traded me Devontae Adams, and I traded him OBJ. There were other parties involved, but that was essential. Right, the, the those are the, the crux of the deal. Like, tell me who you think are the better end of that deal. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> that is not good. Uh, honorary mention for me, uh, just as a, a cheeky pick here, uh, biggest boom of the year, New England's defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I picked yeah. them up week one to They've face Pittsburgh. They've been carrying your team, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my biggest bust, as we just mentioned, I have Devontae Adams in another league of mine, and, uh, you know, injuries suck. Uh, I, will, I will not say that enough. But coming back from injury, uh, yeah, you want to discount the first week, but when you look at his, his playing time as a whole and you see that he's had one decent game where he caught all the balls, still no touchdowns, you got to be like, okay, dude. The the, pa- the Packers offense is some weird big question mark. It's Aaron Jones or bust, and I got to tell you, it puts Devontae Adams firmly in a bust category for me. Hopefully that can turn around for the second half of the season. Uh, number 17 is one of my favorite players on the field of any team, but yeah, can't be too excited about him as it stands right now. Right. No, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, what we're going to put on our Twitter, though, is we're going to put a thread up to ask you who your biggest bust is. And we want to hear us who know. your we'll biggest boom is. We'll talk about them next week. Yeah, let us know who, who your biggest boom is, who your biggest bust is. Uh, try to try to keep it to, to one or two. As, as you, I mean, if you've been having a bad time this season, that that's unfortunate. You know, show us a screenshot, but we don't need to hear about everybody on your team. 
Right. Give us your biggest boom. Give us your biggest bust. We'll discuss that more next week, along with the week 11 preview next week we're going to go through. Back to back to form normal uh, situation next week. Uh, if you want to send us a question, uh, feel free to hit us up at FF on Twitter. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, what we haven't really seen a lot of is uh, the who should I start? Uh, please do send us your questions. We will reply to them uh, uh, we've actually kind of been discussing this a little bit here, uh, individually replying to them. So if you want to get my take, if you want to get Andy's take, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, and uh, we, we, we welcome your questions. Uh, just remember, if you trust us and we're wrong. Um, you asked for the advice, so you got to take it with a grain of salt there. Sure thing. Uh, if you want to hit us up on uh, the emails, we are techmobrosff at gmail.com. Yes, we are. Uh, if you want to start your own podcast, head on over to anchor.fm and uh, get started. It is absolutely free and pretty awesome. Anything else you want to add to that, Eddie? That'd be all. We want to thank you for joining us, and we will catch you all next week. Good luck.